Joe Cooper's art started in the Golden Age and all the way up into the 2000s. But do you know when his first credits appeared? Stick around and find out the answer. Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books, something I try to pass on to old and new readers. Hello, and welcome to episode 17 for February 24th, 2022. I'm actually rather excited. This is the second podcast episode I put out this week. And it also marks what's something I've been wanting to do for quite some time, which is add more content throughout the week. I hope to make this segment a regular feature where I cover just Golden and Silver Age comics. I believe Golden and Silver Age comics have their place and should be read by all people. And they shouldn't just stick to the stuff they find at their comic shops. This time around, I covered the Silver Age Legion of Superhero stories. I also covered Joe Kubert's early work through a book through Fantagraphics Press called Weird Horrors and Daring Adventures. And finally, I also cover a podcast. It's called Stop, Let's Team Up from Ross Aiken. Every week, he has a new set called My Legion Adventures, which covers the Legion of Superheroes from the very beginning. I think you'll like the review, and I think you'll love to check the podcast out. Now, let's get on to the rest of the episode. If you have any comments, please let me know at fantasticcomicfan, all one word, at gmail.com. Initially, The Legion of Superheroes was a non-event story at the dawn of the Silver Age in 1958. Just another tale to fill a slot for a Superboy story. Of course, it turned out differently. For many years... The Legion is not only a popular series, but became one of DC's best-selling titles. One of the things that made their adventures unique were that things happened. Characters died and generally stayed dead. They also didn't stay teenagers forever, but grew into adulthood, married, and even had children. While I thought Bendis' Legion was okay, any Legion is better than no Legion, I also thought it strayed too far away from the uniqueness of the Legion. I'm not going to spend time quibbling. There's a running thread that the Legion has had too much confusing history, and it isn't what n- new readers want to read. I disagree, as do the Legion of Legion fans. There are so many great runs of the Legion, and to fully appreciate those Legion tales, you need to go back to those early Legion Silver Age tales. Yes, Silver Age reads differently than comics released today, but that doesn't make them less enjoyable. Overall, I am the biggest cheerleader when it comes to promoting comic books. Still, DC's archiving of older books, especially key issues, is lousy. Often comics and collected digital editions are not available as a single copy. Many comics contain huge gaps. For example, there's only one archived action comics for the whole of the 1970s. And of course, there are large holes in the early Legion stories. Thankfully, Comixology and Hoopla have the Legion of Superheroes, The Silver Age, Volume 1. Unfortunately, the 300-page digital collection has comic books that only appear in this collection. For example, D. 
DC released the first appearance of Monel from Superboy 89, but it only is in this issue and not in the standalone digital comic. That's okay. Any Monel is better than no Monel, as I said. No matter how you slice it, he'll never be Valor. I know, newer fans have no idea what I'm talking about right now. For decades, Superboy and his meetings with the Legion were part of the Legion lore. Well, until Crisis on Infinite Earths hit, and undid huge chunks of that Legion mythos. See, Superman was never Superboy, which Nolan voided a lot of those Legion history and tales. To smooth over the history, they made Manel Valor. And, well, truthfully, it never worked out for me. If you ignore Crisis and look at the Legion pre-Crisis, you'll find some of the best storytelling of any comic age. Legion stories are all connected and matter over time. No retcons or reboots are needed. Granted, a good chunk of Silver Age stories have no connection to the rest of the DC mythos today, like chunks of the Batman and Wonder Woman stories. But that's not so with the Legion. Those Silver Age stories, they do count. I think this collection makes an excellent starter for the Legion mythos. You get the first two dozen Legion stories through 1962, including through Adventure Comics 310, where the Legion had a home for most of the decade in the 60s. Supergirl joins, and then there's the first appearance of the Legion of Substitute Superheroes, and the death and return of Lightning Lad. The latter represents a rarity of plot thread spanning over multiple issues. Looking back at how comics were published during the Silver Age, it's rather impressive that Legion found a home and flourished as a series. Think about it. No fan press, no way to hype the characters, no zillion sites promoting comic books. It would be decades before they received their own title. Comics were distributed at newsstands and drugstores, and there were no guarantees of finding that next issue of any series. In a physical format, this collection of Silver Age Legion serials would cost about $25. And not everyone may want to shell out that money. In that case, it makes sense to borrow it via Hoopla. Right now, but I don't know for how long, Comixology has it for $6.99, which still makes it a bargain, even if it's exactly to your liking. But you know what? I think you'll like the Legion. It's one of them comic series that grows with you over time. Joe Kubert, ring any bells, father of artists Andy and Adam, founder of the Kubert School. Older fans definitely remember him for his war books at DC Comics and as co-creator of Sergeant Rock. Let me stress, Joe Kubert is an influential, iconic creator. But to me, all those Golden Age creators are equal because together they laid the foundation for other generations of creators. Some who've cited Kubert as an influence include Steve Ditko, Frank Miller, and Neil Adams. I could go on with a laundry list of his contributions to comic books, but I bet not many know his extensive work in pre-code, horror, crime, and other stories. Luckily, there's a fantastic collection from Fantagraphic Books. Weird Horrors and Daring Adventures collects almost three dozen of Kubert's early work. Wait, it gets better. Longtime comic historian Bill Shelley is the book's editor. Throughout his career, he's been involved with many comic book related projects, and he's no stranger to Kubert. Shelley wrote The Art of Joe Kubert and the Kubert biography, Man of Rock. It still gets even better. 
Usually, the 240-plus page tome costs $25 and the digital or physical editions. But instead, it is available to borrow via Comixology Unlimited. For $10 a month, is quite a bargain. I'm always looking for new and older stuff, and the price makes it worth it over the long haul. New readers miss out on great content if they only stick to what they find in their comic shops. These Golden Age stories, roughly covering the period between 1944 through 1955. No, they're not Kirby at the top of his game, but of course, that would come later. However, there's a certain freedom of being creative without so much in the way of restrictions. The comic code hadn't come into existence, and when it did, creators, both writers and artists, were 100% limited on what they could present in a comic book. These restrictions would last for decades and did nothing to make the world better for kids who read comic books. That was one of the reasons the code was put into place, and there was a hysteria over the evils of comic books, and that was more of a dog and pony show. At least, that's my opinion. What's fascinating is you get to see how Kubert's work evolved, grew, and changed over the years. If you look at his work and say, All-Star Comics, and then when the 50s rolled around, you can see a marked change in his style, and that he could quickly adapt to any genre. Sure, in this fantagraphic collection, you get crime and goodier stuff, but you also get a different side with, for example, Meet Miss Pepper, which goes towards high school antics a la Archie. Also, with Hollywood Stunt Girl, I get reminded that this style could translate to the then-popular comic strip form. Yes, I could go on and on, but it isn't needed. Kubit's work speaks for itself, as you'll see when you read these stories. There are plenty of places you can find and get an overview of Kubit's work. Weird Horrors and Daring Adventures makes a great companion to the legendary creator and a sampler of a master in the making. Full Disclosure I know Ross. Well, not a lot. A little, actually. He's the first person I interviewed for the podcast. I haven't made the interview part of the podcast yet, but I'm working on it. Honest, I am. I remember when his podcast, Stop, Let's Team Up, was just getting off the ground. Let me tell you, I enjoy it a lot. You'll find it on most platforms, too. Now, for the past few weeks, he's added a second episode, which has brought out the fanboy in me big time. The podcast within the podcast is called My Legion Adventures and covers the Legion of Superheroes from the first appearance in Adventure Comics 257 going forward. My love of the Legion knows no bounds. In my review of those early adventures, make for a perfect opportunity to talk about Ross's podcast. In the latest episode, Ross covers the third Legion tale from Action Comics 267 from 1960. I mentally hear a collective groan from new comic book fans. 1960? Did they even publish comics back then? Who reads stuff that old? Everyone should read that stuff that old. But certainly, don't read those comics as you would a comic that comes out in 2022. Those older comics are fun reads, if read in the context of the times. Are some of them silly? Yes. Dated? Yes. But they are also immensely entertaining. I think you should listen to Ross's podcast while reading those early Legions stories. They are readily available in a digital format, where I shudder to think about it, in various formats at your local comic book shop. 
Now this action comic features Supergirl's first meeting with the Legion. No, she doesn't join, but that comes later. Not only does she join later, but has a long history with the Legion. This includes a little romance with one of the members of the Legion. But of course I'm not going to tell you which one, because that would spoil the fun. You also get the first appearance of Legion members Chameleon Boy, Colossal Boy, and Invisible Kid. All three become long-term members and add to that Legion lore I keep hyping about. But again, these early Legion tales appeared as backup in comics. Often, they didn't even get mentioned on the covers. That the Legion prospered and grew and never went away for years, I'll to give you an idea of how special the group became for fans. And Ross's podcast goes a long way to capturing just how special and the Legion was in those early years. So check it out and see if you agree. I think you will. Before we wrap up, here's an answer to this week's trivia question. Joe Kubert's first work appeared in 1942 in Catman Comics from Holy Oak Publishing. Unfortunately, like many Golden Age publishers, it had a short run. And by the end of the 1940s, it would cease publications. This comic and other early Joe Cooper work can be found at Comic Book Plus, in which you can find thousands of public domain comics. It is worth checking out, and I hope you do. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you, Fantastic Comic Fan, at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.